Well, our government finally let us out in New Zealand, so we're here after three years. Uh, I think it was March 2019 we were here last time, and so there's been a few changes in the buildings and, and among the people, and, uh, but it's great to be back. We love this church. We've enjoyed journeying with you, I think, since about 2010, 2011. I'm not quite sure, but it goes back a long time, and uh, we're just grateful to be here again. So uh, thank you for w- your warm welcome, and um, Yes, well, it's, it is our just great, our great joy and, and great privilege to be here again. And um, wow, you know, we just, God always has more in store for us. And I just love the hunger that you speak about and hear. And, and I just personally always just want to stay hungry for more of God because he gives his spirit without limit. And he has the most incredible amazing plans for the future for you as a church, which we'll be sharing with the leadership. And um, we we are just so overjoyed to be here and to sharing with you. And excuse me if I'm a bit of a mess. We'll have to blame the Holy Spirit. Because <laughs> you know that song that we sang, Pour Your Spirit Out. Thank you, Rachel and the worship team. You are in tune and alignment with what the Holy Spirit is doing. God is, is putting that that cry in the heart of his people everywhere. Lord, pour out your spirit, pour out your spirit. And um, it just absolutely undoes me. And I believe God is going to answer that. And there are some of you alive today that, that possibly might see that. We are hoping to see it in our lifetime, but, but we believe that the younger generation will. Amen. In fact, it's been interesting. This is the third church in Queensland we've ministered in in the last couple of weeks. Every one of those churches has sung fresh wind. Yeah, I think God is putting that on the hearts of his people everywhere. Same in New Zealand. So that's interesting. Look, as I was worshiping, I just felt the Holy Spirit say today, God wants to shift you as a church into a new gear, both individually and corporately. I just feel like, you know, uh, we're going to go back to New Zealand and look at buying a new vehicle for our ministry. And, you know, some of the transmissions, they got six speed, seven speed, eight speed. I don't know how many speeds God's assigned to you, but I want to tell you, you're going up a gear. And what we share this morning is a prophetic word that I believe is a key to allow you to shift into that higher gear, both individually and corporately. So I want you to listen up just to give it a bit of, a bit of uh, background. We, we, make it a kind of a habit that towards the end of one year, we start asking the Holy Spirit for a word for the coming year. And so back late last year, we were doing that. And when we do that, uh, we, we listen to what God says. We write it down. We don't tell each other what we've got because we don't want to influence each other. And then we don't know until we release it publicly. Um, so Greta's going to share what God said to her first, then I'll come back and share what the Lord said to me. Thank you, darling. Well, that's really interesting what David said about a new gear. Um, and I guess this is very similar. What I was getting in worship was new levels, which is like the same thing. And especially new levels of worship and prayer, because that um, is going to open up things in the spiritual realm. You know, as we came into, um, into 2022, I just saw the word uncertainty, um, you know, written over the world. 
And although the uncertainty now continues, I've had such a strong sense of anticipation in my spirit about what God is going to do. And God is saying many things right now, but one of the things I feel him saying is this, for 2022 and beyond, awaken the dawn of a new day. And there's a theme threaded throughout, and it is joy. And it might look contradictory, but we belong to the kingdom of God. And one of its, its characteristics is joy in the Holy Spirit, regardless of the state of the world. And I just sense there, there are a few of you, you've lost your joy. Um, it might be through discouragement, through the demands, weariness of this current season. But today, God is going to restore the joy of your salvation. And if that is you, I'd love to just quickly pray with you right now. Can we just all close our eyes? Lord Jesus, thank you that you came, that our joy might be full. And in the name of Jesus, I release a gift of fresh joy to you. Those that are, who know who need it, receive his joy. Be filled with, with joy of the Holy Spirit right now. In Jesus' name, amen. And, you know, as we make the choice to rejoice, God will continue to fill us with his joy, um, independent of our circumstances. In the years ahead, God will manifest himself as the God of light, among other things. And light brings life. We know that when God's light shines in our heart, we receive new life. And John 10.10 10, that's what Jesus said. I've come that you may have life in all its fullness. And I know that there are some of you here, the devil has tried to steal, kill, and destroy in areas of your life. And we know that what the Bible says is declare a thing and it will be established. So I declare over you what you have lost, you will recover all. Like David at Ziklag. What has been damaged and broken, God will restore all. And what has died, hopes and dreams, they will be resurrected in the name of Jesus by the power of his Holy Spirit. And I actually decree life to you in the name of Jesus. That John 10.10 10 is a powerful scripture to be doing um, spiritual warfare over because Jesus speaks life where things have appeared to be have died. The God of light. The number 22 symbolizes light. And I feel in 22 and beyond, there'll be increasing revelation of light. These scriptures are relevant for our present times. Long ago, Isaiah prophesied, on those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. Just before Jesus' birth, Zechariah prophesied, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness. And this one, as he held baby Jesus in his arms in the temple, Simeon prophesied, he said, Sovereign Lord, I have seen your salvation. He literally was looking at him, which you prepared for all, all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations. The revelation of light is for the salvation of the nations. And Jesus is the light of the world. And God passionately wants the world to know. So he's urging us, his church, awaken the dawn of a new day. And God has given us powerful keys to do this. 
And as they came, and I wrote them down, both of my hands were absolutely covered in oil. And that is just simply a sign of encouragement from the Holy Spirit that his anointing is upon these, these keys. And the first key is worship. And that is why God's taking it to a new level of worship. Holy Spirit strongly highlighted these extracts from the Psalms. Psalm 100 came over and over. Read it in your own time, the whole thing. But he has just one verse. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. There's the joy theme. And he has why? Psalm 89. Those who know the joyful sound, the call to worship, walk in the light of God's presence. And that's what God intends for us every day. That's what I want and Psalm 108 is especially important. It's coming up on the slide. I will sing and make music with all my soul. I will awaken the dawn. My worship awakens the dawn. That is the power of our worship. So sing over your situation. Sing over this town and region. Sing over nations God places in your heart. Because praise releases breakthrough. Praise brings down strongholds. Praise shifts atmospheres. A second key, the word of God. Feed on it, meditate on it, declare it. This is what Psalm 19 says about God's word. God's word revives my soul. In other words, it awakens my soul, makes it fully alive. God's word brings joy to the heart and light to the eyes. In other words, it brings revelation. And I pray your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given you. Light brings hope. And I just and we are carriers of that hope. But I do sense there is someone here, you have lost hope, and therefore you feel disorientated. I've, I got that word disorientated strongly this morning. But God is today um, going to fill you again with fresh hope. And as he does, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And you will see the, the road ahead, which direction to take really clearly. The Lord is calling his people to action. These are Isaiah 60 days. There is growing darkness over the people in the world. Wouldn't you agree with everything that's going on? And he's urging us, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. And as the church arises and shines, and this church is going to shine brighter than you ever have before with increasing radiance, and as the church does this, God will fulfill this prophecy. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn, leaders out there in the world. We are carriers of the light and carriers of the dawn. Some months ago, back in New Zealand, I went for an early morning run in, in the pitch dark. And I went, as I was going up this, this road I'd run many times before, there was a cacophony of crowing roosters on either side of the road in total unison. And it was so unusual, it caught my attention. And then the thought came, roosters herald the dawn of a new day. 
And I feel God is saying to us, his people, herald the dawn of a new day to those who sit in darkness of fear, hopelessness, and deception. Share the good news. Testify of Jesus. And then finally, one most potent key that I mention. Awaken the dawn of a new day for the world. Pray. God intends a great awakening in the nations and prayer will usher it in. The prayers of the church will be a catalyst for God's will to be done and his kingdom to break out on the earth. Um, And that's why I say God is calling you, Hope Point Church, to new levels of prayer. And I honor all that, you know, you have been a praying church and you have um, really seasoned prayer warriors in this church. But now the, the younger generation, the new generation, God is saying, rise up. He's calling for a new breed, a new generation to come and join the older ones who've been doing this for a long time to become mighty prayer warriors and to, and to do great exploits for God because you know your God. And you know, God sends visions and dreams to encourage us to keep praying. And, and last year, in one dream, I saw revival being birthed by the church in prayer. And there were a lot of specific details. But just for, suffice to say this, there will be the dawn of a new day for sleeping Christians who will wake up. Not everybody is awake right now. There will be the dawn of a brand new day for unprecedented multitudes who will be born again. So keep praying that in his great mercy, God will pour out his spirit on all people across the world. Pray that the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us with the fresh visitation of Jesus in Australia and the nations. So although it looks dark out there, there is hope on the horizon. We are carriers of God's mercy, might, and light, and he is calling us to awaken the dawn of a new day. Thank you, sweetheart. So what God said to Greta was awaken the dawn of a new day. And coming up on the screen is my title. What the Lord said to me is dawn is coming. So we like it when that happens. <laughs> and uh, before I get into the message, just a couple of things. We, uh, you know, they, our government locked our city down for 107 days last year, like 107 days of lockdown. Um, you guys got off lightly here. Queensland did pretty well, didn't you? Yeah, well, <laughs> anyway, I wrote a book. That was one good thing that came out of lockdown. So, so, so there, our government. <laughs> you, uh, this book is called How to Pray and Change Your World. And um, I, I, you know, Charles Spurgeon, he was a great Victorian preacher, said whenever God wants to do a great work, he first sets his people to pray. And if you want to see God do great things in your life and family, your city, your nation, then we actually have to engage in prayer. And and, and Greta and I believe that across the earth, the Holy Spirit is calling God's people everywhere to increase our level of prayer. So I wanted to write a book that would be guilt-free, because sometimes you read books on prayer and think, I'll never be able to do that. Uh, And really, whether your prayer life is 
pretty much zero or you're a prayer warrior, this book will help you just step up to another level beyond where you are. So we talk about the pattern of prayer that Jesus revealed that's often been overlooked in the church and a whole lot of other things that would just give us tools to be effective in prayer. Now, we were down in the Gold Coast, and a greedy church there brought, bought our total supply. So this is the last one I have in Australia. However, the good news is you can order it online from Amazon Australia, either as a paperback or Kindle, or you can order online from Kurong. They don't have it in their stores, but you can order online from Kurong, and you can grab it. And the last copy in Australia, well, in Queensland, I'd like to give to you guys. So enjoy. And uh, hopefully that'll be a blessing. And while I'm, while I'm talking about you guys, um, how many know Australian Army military ranks, officer ranks? Anybody served in the military? Okay, well, for officers, you start at second lieutenant, you go to first lieutenant, then captain, then major, then lieutenant colonel, colonel, brigadier, brigadier general, major general, lieutenant general, general, field marshal, and then you have the commander-in-chief, who's normally your prime minister, uh, whatever. But all that to say, uh, you know, as we've been coming here for many years, you guys were lieutenants just helping out. And, uh, you know, the lieutenant is really the dog's body. They, they just get told to do all the stuff, you know, by the senior officers. And, but, you see, when you prove faithful in doing that, God, God starts promoting you. And so now he has assigned the rank of captain to you guys because captain in the military, they lead a company of people, which is 100, 150 people, something like that. And so, but the, so that's what you've stepped into. And every rank you go up, there's an increased authority. But in this next five years, you are journeying towards being major, majors, and, and the higher the rank you go, not only do you have greater authority, you lead more people, but you also are privy to the commander-in-chief's plans. So a second lieutenant doesn't really know too much of the big picture. He just gets the orders to carry things out. But by the time you get to major and above, you are starting to understand big picture stuff that the commander-in-chief is planning and all the field marshals, whatever. And I just feel like you're growing into a greater authority. We honor the colonels that have gone before you. Some of them are sitting here. God bless the colonels. Uh, you haven't retired, okay? You're still active and praying and, and imparting and, and, and doing all that stuff. But all that to say, God is stepping you guys up, and, we can, and Greta and I can see the leadership mantle on you. And, it's, and it, I've got more to say at the end of the meeting about how it involves this church. Did you want to add anything, sweetheart? You good? When you started talking about all, all the different ranks, um, I actually, before David said a word, I immediately felt exactly the same thing, Captain, at the moment. And, and um, yes, I de we, sometimes we do get the same, exactly the same thing, and that um, God will continue to process and grow you to, to through, through the ranks. And as you just... Um, are faithful in what you're currently doing and what he's called you to do and um, stay humble and dependent on him. He, he does the promoting and um, his, his hand is upon you. He has earmarked you. And what I've felt in worship so strongly that, that um, 
God has appointed you for this time right now. This is exactly right. Amen. And, and you've got a lot of wonderful lieutenants coming up behind you, so that's good. And by the way, church, if the Holy Spirit is using military terminology this morning, you need to know you're not on a cruise ship, you're on a battleship. So come on, this is, the officers lead the company to do the fighting, is that right? So every one of us has a responsibility to fight, and you might be the mother of a, a young baby. Well, how many know you've got to warfare and pray over your kid that they grow up in this increasingly dark environment and really follow the Lord Jesus? Same for dad. See, there's been a bit of a baby boom here. Yeah, COVID lockdowns have worked for you guys, hasn't it, eh? Wow. <laughs> I think you'll agree the last three years has been a long night in the world, and, um, and I'd like to say it's over, but uh, gosh, when you look at the world situation now with the economic situation and the war in Ukraine and belligerent nations starting to threaten other nations, you've you got to think, wow, we are in a long night, and certainly COVID has brought a night, and if you want to know where COVID has come from. There's various theories. I know what I believe, but the ultimate source, John 10, 10, the thief, the devil comes to rob, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. And so that's the ultimate source. But really over these last few years of COVID, millions of people have died. And you can't minimize that. We've met people that have lost loved ones to COVID. And so for some, it's, it's a very serious thing. Millions have been robbed of peace and freedom, being with family and friends, though that's now changing as greater freedoms come. People have been divided. The number of pastors we've talked to in New Zealand, the UK, here, and in other nations that have been saddened by the fact that Christians, uh, some Christians, went astray from their pure and simple devotion to Christ and got all fixated on mandates, vaccines, this thing and that thing. And while there's a lot of truth in some of those things, and by the way, I don't believe every conspiracy theory, but there is a conspiracy. And the Bible says there is going to be a one world government and there is going to be a global ruler and he'll be called the Antichrist and he'll be anti everything that is pure and precious and, and ultimately godly. And we have seen alarmingly the rise of authoritarianism in governments across the earth. So I just think it's a little bit of a forerunner, but listen. Do you want to focus on Satan installing a global government and a global world ruler? Or do you want to focus on the ultimate sign that Jesus said is the greatest sign of his coming? And this is what Jesus said. He said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in every nation, then the end will come. And I think we need to focus not on so much the devil doing all his stuff. We need to be aware of that so that we can pray against it and work against it. But we need to focus on the fact Jesus promised this gospel of the kingdom is going to be preached. And it has to be preached with signs, wonders, and miracles in all the nations. Then the end will come. That gives me hope. Hallelujah. It gives me wonderful hope. So people have seen their livelihoods destroyed, churches have been shuttered, some have closed, never to reopen. War in Europe, we spoke with a Ukrainian refugee family when we were up in the UK this year, and I tell you what, it's devastating there uh, what is happening. We need to pray for both Ukraine and Russia that God would pour his spirit out, bring that thing to end. So it's been a real long night, and I've come all the way to New from New Zealand just to cheer you up with that news. So are you feeling good? Okay, great. 
<laughs> now, here's the good news. Psalm 30 verse 5 says this, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. And I, as, as God has spoken to Greta and, and to me, we believe that we, the church, are transitioning from that long night into a new day. And the characteristic of the night is always grief and sorrow and it's, it's adversity. But the characteristic of the morning is joy. And while the world keeps going into a longer night, the church is going to come into a new day. And that difference, you know, the, the Israelites in Egypt, one of the plagues was darkness, but it says they had light in Goshen where they dwelt. So God can do that differently. So as I was asking the Lord late last year for a word for 2022, he brought a scripture to mind that I'd memorized many years before, and it came with incredible impact, and I, I felt like this was something the Lord was saying for 2022 and beyond, right, really through the whole of the 2020s, and it's Proverbs 4.18, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Now, the question is, I mean, that's an incredible promise, but the question is, who are the righteous? Because it only applies to the righteous. So if we said the righteous were sinless people and perfect people, I'm not sure anybody here would qualify. Is that right? I think we'd all say, oh, I don't think that's me. Okay, we need to understand what the Bible, who the Bible calls righteous. Romans 4 verse 3 will help us. It says, Abraham believed God. And God counted him as righteous because of his faith. We believe that the Lord Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth. Why? The problem was every person on planet earth since Adam and Eve were created has sinned, have broken God's commandments. The Bible says there's none righteous, not even one. And the thing about that is God is so holy that if you break even one of his commandments, you even commit one sin, it will separate you from a holy God. When you get to heaven... Have a conversation with Adam and Eve and ask them, because they will tell you it was one act of defiance. We lost paradise. We lost eternal living. We lost the Garden of Eden. Death came into the world through our one act of disobedience. And the, the greater problem is if we die in that state of our sins being unforgiven and stand before God, he will be obligated by his justice to say to us, I wanted you to live with me for eternity, but now I have to send you to the place where I'm not, which is hell, because there, there is eternal torment, eternal regret. There's no community, no love, no hope. It's just total hopelessness and despair. And God, not wanting anyone to suffer that fate, sent his son Jesus to not only show us what Father looked like, but to hang on a cross. What was he doing there, allowing evil men to crucify him? He was shedding his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And now the Bible says whoever believes that Jesus is the Messiah, the Savior, the Son of the living God, whoever asks him to forgive them and turns to him and, and says, you're now my Lord, that person is given power to become a child of God. Not only that, when you turn to the Lord, how many know there are record books in heaven? Okay, God has record books on every one of us. He records everything from birth to death in that record book. Every thought, every motive, every 
word, every action is all recorded, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's all there, and those books will be opened on Judgment Day, and we will be judged by what's written in them. Now, the thing is, when you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, not only does Father forgive your sin, but He takes His heavenly eraser, He opens your record book, and He goes through the whole book, and He erases anything that's sinful, anything that's bad, anything that is not good. He wipes it all out. Only the good gets left, and that will form the basis of your reward on Judgment Day, because Judgment Day for a believer is meant to be a prize-giving ceremony. Judgment Day for a non-believer believer will determine their level of punishment in hell, and it will be terrifying. When you turn to the Lord Jesus, God opens another book in heaven. It's called the book of life, and he writes your name in it. And on judgment day, the books will be opened, and your name will be checked if you're in the book of life. And if it is, you will be allowed to enter into the new eternal uh, heaven and earth that God is going to create. So when God looks at you, if you have faith in Jesus this morning, Father declares you totally, 100% righteous in His sight. Your sin has been removed. Jesus has dealt with it on the cross. And now when Father looks at you, He sees you as righteous as long as you remain in faith in Christ. And as I've said before in this church, some of you will be saying, but David, I'm not really 100% righteous uh, in my behavior yet. Yeah, we're all a work in progress. Is that right? See, the thing is, you're talking about your condition. I'm talking about your position. It's not your condition that saves you. It's your position. Faith in Christ. Now, here's the thing. The Holy Spirit, when you come to Christ, all through your life will be working to increasingly match your condition to your position so that by the time you step over into heaven, the two will have matched. Theologians call that sanctification, the process of being made holy. So you can't claim to have faith in Jesus, then go out there and sin like an unbeliever and a pagan because that's mockery of your faith. Faith has to have works to say it's valid and proved. They're not perfect works, but there has to be a a sort of a a genuineness that you are going to cooperate with the processes of the Holy Spirit so that week by week, month by month, year by year, there ought to be improvement in our lives and increasing holiness and purity. All that to say... As long as you got faith in Jesus, he declares you righteous. And therefore, that scripture, as long as you have faith in Christ, applies to you. That your pathway will be like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter till full day. See, some of you are still in the night. Some of you have stepped into the new day already. And as we'll see in a moment, there's more for you. But some of you might still be in the night dealing with stuff, had a hard time these last few years, lost a business, lost a loved one, lost a relationship. I don't know what the night looks like for you, but I want to say that there is hope today that you can make a decision. I'm going to step into the dawn of a new day. That, that promise says the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. We are on a path. We are not wandering aimlessly. Psalm 23, 1 and 3 says, The Lord is my shepherd. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. One of the greatest things that you can pray for your children and grandchildren is that they discover the path that God has assigned for them. 
and that throughout their life they walk on that path bringing honor to his name. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's workmanship created in Christ to walk in the works that God has prepared beforehand for us to do. And every one of us, and it doesn't matter whether you're 95, there's still works for you to do. That scripture doesn't cancel out at 65. There's no such thing as retirement in the kingdom of God. If you think you're retired, you have believed a lying demon, let me tell you. You might have retired from your job. You never retire from the work of the kingdom. There is more works for you to walk in yet. It doesn't stop at 65 or 75. There are works that God has prepared beforehand for you to do, you'll still be stepping into them till the day you die and go to heaven. That's what I'm believing. I don't want to fizzle out. I want the adventure of discovering what has God got for me? You know, uh, how many know Nicky Gumbel wrote Alpha? You know what he said recently? He thinks that the most influential decade of a person's life is their 60s. And the next most influential decade is their 70s. So come on, there's room for a few of you yet? So you young whippersnappers in your 50s, come on, <laughs> rise up. <laughs> I know that when you're younger, you do a lot more, but I think when you're older, you should have more wisdom, more impact on the next generation. One of the things Greta and I love is the next generation, and it's an absolute privilege to journey alongside. Now, many churches where transition has taken place uh, to a younger leadership uh, team, and it's just a delight to be able to come alongside and encourage, and I think that's one of the great things that we older ones can do, and, and, and also pray. You might not be able to get around. Do not spend your days gardening, crocheting, and golfing, please. Uh, you can do that. You can have a hobby. I, I think I tread, treaded on some sacred cows there. Uh, all the ladies that crochet, forgive me. All the men that golf, forgive me. But come on, there's got to be more than crocheting, gardening, and golfing in your so-called retirement, which is not really a word in the kingdom of God. You can pray. And if ever the nations needed prayer, it's now. If ever we needed to pray for the nation, you need to pray for the United Kingdom. It's a mess. You need to pray for China. You need to pray for Russia. And you, you need to pray for New Zealand. We've got the most evil government we've ever had in our history. The stuff that's happening there is horrifying. I know Australia's perfect. You don't have that problem. But um, anyway. So the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. What's that like? I didn't really know what that was like. Um, until a few years ago, my first wife, Jane, many of you will know the story that she uh, had multiple sclerosis. So she spent over 20 years in a wheelchair and then sadly she passed away some years ago. And when God healed me of the grief of her loss and I started to think about remarriage, I, I simply prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, it'd be really nice to have a wife that's healthy and fit. Well, then I met Greta and she's right into health and fitness and not only that, when we got married, I had a culture shock. I discovered this woman would get up every morning between 4.30 and 5. Like, I thought I was an early riser, but that. And I started to agree with these, these statements about early morning. Somebody said, an alarm clock is a mechanism used to scare the daylights into you. Someone else said, anyone who sleeps like a baby doesn't have one. The young mums will all agree with that. And then this, this person said there ought to be a better way of starting the day than having to get up. So 
I was in culture shock, but anyway, Greta converted me, and now I love 5 a.m. starts. And every second day, we go exercising. Greta runs, I walk, because I'm less athletic. And the thing about that is, um, you know, right now in New Zealand, because we're sort of, where we live in Auckland, we're south of this area, so 5 a.m. there at the moment is around dawn time, and so, you know, it's gray, and, and it's kind of in between, it's twilight, but, you know, once that dawn breaks, it just starts increasing, and the thing about that is around dawn, the birds are going crazy. They are singing their heads off, the blackbirds, the thrushes, um, the doves, uh, we've got a bird called a tui, it's very melodious, I have to say, we have not noticed many melodious birds here in Australia. You have incredibly noisy, raucous birds. I don't know what, what happened when God was giving bird song, but Australia dipped out, except the pied butcher bird. The pied butcher bird, we've discovered, has a beautiful song. But anyway, so our birds are more refined in New Zealand. Uh, they sing nicer. And anyway, but the birds are singing, and that's because in the natural realm, dawn awakens song. Is that right? But in the spiritual realm, song awakens dawn. Psalm 57, 8, so similar to the scripture that Greta had. Wake up my heart, wake up musical instruments. I will wake the dawn with my song. If you are in a night or you've got kids and grandkids who are in their night and you're concerned about that. You don't wait for your circumstances to change before you say, I'm in the dawn of a new day. You begin to prophesy in your night that dawn is coming. You begin to pray into that situation. You begin to declare over it. Though I might be in night, I'm declaring my path will be like the light of dawn that shines brighter. When you sing to the dawn, pray to the dawn, prophesy to the dawn, you will attract the dawn to you and it will come and it will find you. So in 2022 and beyond, don't let Satan steal your song through fear or bad news. Praise God for the coming dawn. Some of you are in the dawn of a new day already, so you need to listen to this next bit. Dawn has faint light, but once dawn is broken, it, you can't hold it back. It just keeps increasing steadily because the sun is rising. And this scripture says the path of the righteous will be like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until full day. Now you say, what is full day? Well, full day is noon. You don't have daylight saving here in Queensland. You are very intelligent people. We have it in New Zealand, so for us, the full day is one o'clock at the moment. But full day is noon. That's when the sun is highest in the sky and it's brightest. And at certain times of the year, that's when it's hottest as well. And noon represents the, you reaching the pinnacle of your life's calling, your vocation, your career, Whatever God has called you to do, your ministry, building a marriage, raising kids, it's like that journey that ultimately that noon will represent the pinnacle that you have finally fulfilled what God has asked you to do on planet earth. Noon also represents the return of Jesus Christ. Like that is the ultimate noonday thing when he comes again. And you know what? When he comes again, the dead get raised. And when you get raised from the dead, you get a new resurrection body. 
Your spirit that's been in heaven, if you've passed away, gets reunited with this new resurrection body, which is going to be immortal, powerful, young again, no flab, no wrinkles. Uh, you will not be tired. You will never get sick. You will never weep because there'll be no pain or sorrow. You will, it'll be a body designed to live eternally. You will look young again like Adam and Eve were when they were created in the prime of life. How, I don't know what the age was. There was no age. They were just created as adults in their full prime. You're going to look like that again. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to look way better in the resurrection than you do now. Now, husbands, that was a test. You should have said, honey, you couldn't look any better than you do now. Were there any husbands that did that? Shane, you are sickening. <laughs> Good on you, mate. <laughs> but the truth is, we, will, we are going to look incredible. And not only that, and you know, if you're alive at the return of Christ, you're changed in a moment and given that immortal body. And then Jesus, there's judgment and the, and the wicked are sent away into hell and the righteous are then allowed to enter the new earth and the new heaven that God will create. And so God creates or recreates. There's a bit of debate about that. This planet, he makes it new again. And then he brings the heavenly city that's been up in heaven and he brings it down upon the earth. Do you know that heavenly city, the base of it is almost as big as Australia. It's huge and, and tall. It's, uh, it's something you can't even get your head around. And this heavenly city will be the headquarters of a new earth that we'll get to explore. We, uh, that will be our home. The city will be our home. God creates new heavens, a new universe. I like to speculate, maybe there's going to be other planets that will be habitable that we'll get to explore. I don't know. We'll be working and worshiping in the new earth and in the new heaven. And what I've just shared with you there is the gospel of the kingdom. You know, when I talked about your sins being forgiven, that's the gospel of salvation, that your sins can be forgiven. But, but we don't just preach the gospel of salvation that's not the end. That's a means to an end. The end is we preach the gospel of the kingdom. He's coming back. There will be a judgment day. God doesn't want anyone to perish. And how we live now will determine what we'll do in the new earth and the new heaven. We cannot be careless Christians. We must live with purpose. We must live with all the strength and grace that God provides. And you know, you might be battling sickness and you might be battling you know, the weakness that comes with older age. But I want to tell you, the Bible says, though your outer person wastes away, your inner man, your inner woman is being renewed day by day. You should be getting stronger on the inside. Look, I'm getting a bit older. I'm, you know, things don't work quite like they used to. And I get a bit tired after doing things that in my 30s, it was no deal. And I'm thinking, okay, but hey, I'll tell you what, something's going on in here. God is doing, and I just want to keep strengthening me, Lord. Don't allow the enemy to rob you. Now, you can't go from dawn to noon in one step. It's gradual. If we can have our scripture back on the screen, please. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter till full day. I started to prepare this word, my part of it anyway, uh, last December. 
And every week I get a, an email from a prophet in America called Rick Joyner. Anyone heard of Rick Joyner? A, a seasoned prophetic ministry. And I took special note of the first one that he sent out for the new year. Came through on January the 6th. We got a screenshot of just the opening of it. And he calls it Increasing Light, which is what Greta talked about. And then he opens with Proverbs 4.18. Path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter to full day. He includes verse 19. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. I think we're seeing such an acceleration of wickedness in the world. Is that right? The ideological wickedness that Satan is vomiting on the next generation is shocking. Through education, through activists, through government. But I tell you what, it's going to reap a terrible harvest. God is not mocked. Whatever people sow, that will they reap. And we're going to see a terrible harvest from that accelerated wickedness that's being perpetrated. And in the end, people will wake up. You know what Isaiah said, Isaiah 32, 5 to 7? He says, there'll be a day where ungodly fools will not be heroes. Everyone will recognize ungodly fools for what they are, and the smooth tricks of evil people will be exposed. I am praying and interceding, God, let that day be this day, because we sure need exposure, don't we? But all that to say, we need to understand that while the wicked stumble in darkness, those that are following the Lord are going to have increasing light. And you know what? Those in darkness are going to want that light. That's why I believe that the greatest harvest, and, and Greta believes that the greatest harvest the world has ever seen is yet to be. And multitudes are going to come into the kingdom of God. Right now, it seems like darkness is winning. But it always looks that way with evil in the beginning. In the end, God always deals with it. I just wish he'd be quicker, but he needs to wake us up to pray. I think the big thing is, wherever you are today, whether you're still in the night, Greta and I want to pray in a moment that there would be a shift, an atmosphere shift over your life that you can step into the dawn of a new day. If you're already in that dawn, praise God, you've left the night behind. We want to pray that you'll take another step towards noon. You'll go to a new level of brightness in your marriage, in your family, in your vocation, your career, your ministry, your personal walk with Jesus, that that will happen. And we're going to pray into that in a moment. But first, before we do, I just want to make sure that you know the Lord Jesus this morning. Because to not know him is to face a terrifying fate. And God, your father, loves you so much, he doesn't want you to face that. And it might be that you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, never asked him to forgive you. And I would love to pray a simple prayer in a moment and include you in that prayer that would allow you to give your life to him. Or it might be that you once walked with God, but you know you've drifted right away and today you need to come back to him. And I'd love to include you in this prayer. Could we all close our eyes to help us concentrate? And I'm gonna ask you this morning, if you need to give your life to Jesus, or you need to come back to him right where you're sitting right now. If you want to be included in this prayer, would you just simply raise your hand in your seat? Just raise your hand up high. Thank you. God bless you. Over there. Thank you. Here. God bless you. You can put your hands down. 
Anyone else? You're just saying, yeah, I need to give my life to Christ or come back to him this morning. Just, just quickly raise your hand. Don't let fear stop you. Jesus said, if you confess me before people, I will confess you before my Father. So just quickly, as I scan the room one last time, just, you yeah, have seen your hand down there. Thank you. Anyone else? Just raise your hand up. All right, I don't see anyone else. Let's all stand. And music team, if you want to come and join me on stage. Can I have some water? That would be great. Thank you, sweetie. So we're going to pray a simple prayer together. And those that raised their hands, I think there were three or four of you, I'd like you to pray this out loud after me. And we're going to get the whole church to join you. So we're all going to pray this together. So pray it with all your heart and God will hear and he'll answer you. Here we go. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me today for all my sins. I'm sorry, Lord, and I turn from them and I turn to you. I believe that you died on a cross for me. And you rose again from the dead. So Lord Jesus, I now open the door of my heart and receive you into my life. Give me power to live for you for the rest of my days. Amen. Sweetheart, could you come and join me? If you um, prayed that prayer because you raised your hand, you're halfway there. The Bible says you've got to believe in your heart, which you've done because you've prayed, but then you've got to confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and you will be saved. So at the end of the meeting, if you raised your hand and you prayed that prayer, you need to tell somebody, uh, one of the leaders, that you that was me, I did that. So make sure that before you go, you tell Ben and Rachel or one of the other leaders that you know here, hey, that was me, I prayed the prayer. By confessing that, you will seal what has happened in your life. Amen. There are people here today, you actually need to take a step into the dawn. You have been in night too long. Now, some of that is circumstances beyond your control, and you're going to have to trust God. But some of it is demonic powers that have sought to trap you. And I'm going to open the front of the church in a minute. And we're going to ask, if you need to step into the dawn of a new day, we're going to ask you to physically step out of your seat, come down the front. Then we're going to pray over you that there will be a shift of season, of atmosphere. There are others of you that you are already in the dawn of a new day, but you're saying like, Lord, I feel so challenged not to stay where I am. I need to take another step. And we're going to ask you to come to the front because we'd love to pray that God shifts you another step along. And there's a third group. You are very concerned for loved ones who are in the night. They might be away from Jesus, not know him. They might have some problem that you're concerned about. Could be one of your kids, one of your grandkids, a friend, whatever. You're concerned for them. And so we're going to open the front to you as well, that you're going to step out and say, Lord, I am stepping out in proxy by faith for this this friend, this family member, this son, this daughter, whoever, who is currently in the night, I'm stepping out in faith, believing that you're going to shed some light into their darkness. Amen? So, why don't you come? If you're in one of those three groups, just come right now. And we're going to believe God for you, pray over you, 
pray that the Holy Spirit will bring a shift. 